0: This audio is brought to you by Muslimcentral.com. Okay. Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. A'udhu bin al-same'i bin al-shaytan al-rajeem. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. illa amal zalamin. Wal'aqibatu lil-muttaqin. Allahumma salli wa sallam wa baraka al'abdika wa rasulika Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam tasliman kathira. kathira. So Alhamdulillah, I um, mean, it's you know we're getting into these last few nights of Ramadan, and tonight we'll actually be covering what the ulama call one of uh, one of the most hopeful verses in the book of Allah subhanahu wa taala. I know that last night um, there was uh, it was heavier than some people might have expected, and I pray that Allah subhanahu wa taala allow that to activate us towards good. And that we don't become uh, debilitated by any of that. Allahumma amin. I pray that Allah Azza wa Jalla forgive us for all of our transgressions and all of our sins wherever they may be. Allahumma amin. So this ayah is ayah 70 now, where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Illa mantaba wa amana wa gamila gamila gamalun salihan, faulaike yubdiru Allahu syyaatihim hasanat, wa kana Allahu ghfurun rahim." Unless he repents and believes and does righteous deeds. Now, of course, this is building off of the last, uh, the last where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said that these are people that do not commit these major sins. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala mentioned the three worst major sins, and that was shirk, uh, murder, and adultery. And Allah follows that up by saying. Uh, except for those who repent and believe and do righteous deeds. For them, Allah will change their evil deeds into good deeds. Wakan Allah And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ever forgiving, most compassionate. Now this is profound obviously because it's coming after the worst of deeds and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is offering amnesty as He always does, even with the worst of deeds, that you still have a chance to repent and to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but this verse uh, offers some some serious uh, some some serious uh, pause for reflection because it it has an interesting sequence to it okay so for example why would allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say taaba wa amana, repented and believed isn't belief repentance in and of itself uh, what goes beyond the amnesty so the ulimah, they say the first thing to, to mention here is that the people already have the benefit of the pardoning of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This goes beyond the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And subhanAllah, to- today I was reflecting actually with Sheikh Hasib Noor on the verse in Surah Al-Ankabut where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أُولَٰئِكَ نَتَقَبَّلُ ahsana ma amilu." That th- Those are the people that we accept the best. Anhum wa ahsana The second page of Surah Al-Ankabut, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala says that we will remove and expiate their sins and we will reward them for only the best of what they used to do. So Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala removes all of your sins. Allah removes all sins, the major ones and the minor ones with tawbah, with repentance. But Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala rewards you to the best of your good deeds. So if you're thinking about the spectrum here, even the, the most disgusting and filthy of sins are forgiven. And even the supposedly most insignificant good deeds, or the good deeds that have some deficiencies in them that are noble in their performance or noble in what they represent, but their performance falls short of the quality of those good deeds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah accepts the best of their performance. So the scholars here they mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already put aside that He will forgive you. But now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to the next level. Allah azza wa will reward you. And what does it mean? hasanat. Allah will change their evil deeds into good deeds. So inshallah ta'ala, let's pause uh, with this file. Some of the scholars, they say that in this ayah, taba precedes amana that they repented uh, before believing, because taba here a aslama, Taba here means they became Muslim. And amana is the realization, the reality of that Islam coming to be in their own hearts and in their actions. Okay, so uh, remember, I, I don't know if it was last night or the night before we talked about this idea that when two words appear with one another, Islam and Iman, Islam refers to the external reality. Iman refers to the internal reality. And so some of the scholars say Taba here is Aslama that they became muslim amana here refers to that belief actually permeating the heart penetrating the heart and becoming an inward reality as well some of the scholars they say here that taba uh, also means major sins because the prophet he said that he is not a believer when he commits murder he is not a believer when he commits zina the Prophet did not uh, did not mean by that that you are a kafir, that you are a disbeliever, but that that action is so far removed from belief. And I'm not going to be able to go into detail with that hadith. But, but that deed, major sins don't take a person out of Islam, according to the Creed of Ahl al wal-Jama'ah. But that deed is so removed from belief that person is not a believer at the time that they are committing that murder, at the time that they are committing that adultery. So some of the scholars say, taba here, Proceeds amana, because it's turning away from those things that cannot coincide with, uh, with belief. So tab here means either Aslama became Muslim or uh, referring to the major sins as well. The scholars also mention here that the recourse of Shirk, the recourse of polytheism is monotheism. The recourse of Shirk is Tawheed and the recourse of abandonment of Salah of abandoning the prayer is to salah, is establishing the prayer. And the recourse for zina, the recourse for adultery, is a life of chastity. Everything that Allah tells you to turn away from, there is a, a recourse for it, a practical uh, recourse uh, for it. Um, so this, the scholars then had some very interesting tafsir about this idea. What does it mean, tabdil al bil-hasanat, that Allah exchanges the sins for good deeds? Does that mean, that Allah subhanahu wa taala literally takes your sins and turns to good deeds. Uh, does that mean um, that Allah subhanahu wa taala allows your good deeds to remain, but He removes your sins? Um, you know, does that mean that Allah subhanahu wa taala doesn't necessarily reward your good deeds, but Allah subhanahu wa taala guides you to good practices in the place of bad practices? Okay, so what does it exactly mean? Does it mean? Again, there are a few possibilities here. One, that Allah exchanges your sins for good deeds. So that would mean that every sin that you committed has now become a good deed. Two, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows your sins to be forgiven, but He allows your good deeds to stay. Okay? So your sins are forgiven, but the good deeds that you did before repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, before becoming Muslim, uh, those good deeds will stay uh, and the third possibility is not necessarily uh, referring to the forgiveness of Allah because that's already been established but it is referring to the idea that your bad practices are um, your bad practices are replaced by good practices okay so hasanat could either mean, that the sins themselves become good deeds through your practice or they become such in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let's look at what some of the scholars said about this. So Saeed ibn Jubair he said Allah exchanged for them worship of the idols for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, it's beautiful when you're thinking about this from a Meccan context, all right? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, replaced their fighting against the Muslims with fighting with the Muslims. And by the way, there is a there's a practical reality of this too. How many times do you see, it's very rare, but when it happens, it's beautiful. Islamophobes becoming some of the greatest defenders of Islam, right? People that attack the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam becoming uh, defenders of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Abdalahum, uh, بِقِتَالِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ قِتَالًا مَعَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ which is, you know, you, you think about how many people fought against the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Badr that were then fighting with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the battles that were to come next. وَأَبْدَلَهُمْ بِنِكَاحِ الْمُشْرِكَاتِ نِكَاحِ الْمُؤْمِنَاتِ and Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala replaced their, uh, their raging in intimacy with the disbelievers, with halal avenues of marriage instead. Imam Hassan al-Basri Rahimahullah said Allah replaced bad deeds with their good deeds, meaning the ability, like when you say Allah oh wa Allah help me. Oh Allah assist me in remembering you properly. In uh, you know, be to remember you properly, to thank you properly, and to worship you properly. Okay, so Allah جل, assisted them by finding replacements for them or guiding them to replacements for them. وَأَبْدَلَهُمْ إِخْلَاصًا and Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala replaced their shirk with sincerity وَأَبْدَلَهُمْ بِالْفُجُورِ إِحْسَانًا إِسْلَامًا and Allah replaced their uh, immodesty with chastity and their disbelief with Islam. So that's one way of looking at it, that the scholar said that, you know, quite literally, and there's a benefit to this, by the way, even if you don't believe it to be the exclusive interpretation which is not the majority opinion, by the way. Uh, The majority opinion is what I'm going to cover next, which is a literal transformation of the bad deeds into good deeds, meaning punishment to reward. But there's still a benefit to this idea that your bad practices are replaced by good practices. And so the same faculties that you used to use to harm are now used to do good. The same faculties that you work acts of ingratitude with are now being used to work acts of gratitude with. Like Wahshi ibn Haru, SubhanAllah, the man who threw the spear that killed Hamza radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Right? Wahshi was the one that threw the spear that killed Hamza radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And he became Muslim later on. And he made tawbah. But Wahshi uh, lived with the trauma, the memory of having killed someone so beloved to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and causing such harm to the Prophet. Right, causing that pain to the Prophet. And so when hurub al came around, the, the battles of apostasy, Musaylam al-Khadab, who was a vicious man, who was a man that claimed prophethood, that murdered many companions, that murdered many khafad, I mean, uh, and of course claimed to be uh, not just the Prophet and you know, but but claimed to abolish, uh, abrogate many of the rulings of the Prophet, you know, was really threatening Islam at its core from Rasul and Risala from the messenger to the message. And Wahshi was the one that threw the spear as a Muslim that uh, killed Musaylim al Kadhaf, Musaylim the liar, okay, who was in Islam in every way possible. And Wahshi said one for one, he said, khayr I killed the best of people and I killed the worst of people, right? This hand took the life of the best of people and took the, the life of the worst of people, right? So, so basically, showing this idea of redemption that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places someone. On a path of redemption, okay. Uh, but what is this? What's the full effect of this ayah? And this is uh, truly uh, beautiful. Uh, subhanallah, it's it's mind blowing how how unmatched Allah's mercy is. If you remember, we started this series by saying uh, ar Rahman is so unmatched in his mercy that to call someone Rahman is not allowed. Not just not to call someone al-Rahman, to call someone Rahman, because the mercy of Allah is so. It is all-encompassing. There is nothing like it. I remember last episode we said that, you know, subhanAllah, there are 99 forms of mercy that are saved for the Day of Judgment. We don't even know what the experience of those forms of mercy are. May Allah allow us to experience all of them on Yawm al Everyone say, Ameen. May Allah allow us to experience all 100 parts of His mercy on Yawm al uh, This is what this looks like on the Day of Judgment. Ibn Abbas said, their bad deeds literally become good deeds. Not that the good deeds that they did prior stay and the bad deeds are forgiven. No, Allah transfers their bad deeds into good deeds. And here are the following ahadith. One of them is narrated by Abdullah ibn Amr anhumah. He says that the Prophet said, a man from my nation will be called before all of creation on the day of judgment. And 99 scrolls will be spread out before his eyes, to where he can see the end of each of those scrolls. So he is looking on, you know, at his scrolls. Subhanallah! Imagine how doomed you would feel if you're standing on the day of judgment before Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala uh, lays out 99 scrolls, all sins, and you know each one of them reaching the distance of your sight. How doomed would you feel? Uh, in those moments as you're standing before Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala, And the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam will say to him, uh, says that Allah will say to him, uh, do you deny any of this? So you're looking at these scrolls in front of your eyes. May Allah protect us from uh, that وقوف. and And you're changing colors. You're literally changing colors because of how distraught you are looking out at those scrolls and you are reading your sins iqra kitabak right no one else is reading your book to you you're reading your book and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says do you deny any part of this right is is any one of this um, you know is, is any one of these deeds off and the man will say la ya rabbi i i have nothing to say for myself ya allah all of it is true um, I Can't say anything about it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then say, Have my recording scribes, the malaika, angels that were recording, were they unjust to you? Were they unjust to you? SubhanAllah, we we've been talking about angels this Ramadan, and one of the first episodes was the pens, hold your pens, right? So Allah is asking you, this is the day of justice. Allah is asking you, were the malaika unjust with you? Did they fail to uh, did, did they record something, you know, in an exaggerated fashion? Do you dispute any of this? This is a room. And the person would say, um, Ya Allah, no, they're, they're, they're being completely fair. So this is a person that's doing اعتراf. He's He's acknowledging everything. Ya Allah, I did it all. 99 scrolls. I'm guilty of every one of these sins. And changing colors. The Malaika were not unfair to me. The angels were not unfair to me. It's just me. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will say, uh, "Okay, do you have any good deeds to show for yourself? Any hasanat to show for yourself?" And the man will put his head down and say, "Ya Rabbi, I've got nothing. I've got no more good deeds to show for myself." So the comparison of his sins to his good deeds are are far uh, are far apart, right? Far apart. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says to him, "Indeed, you have hasanat with us." تظلم, and you will not be wrong today. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call for a card that says, illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa I bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped but Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu is his slave and messenger. And so the man sees the card and he says, Ya Rabb, what's this card going to do with all of these scrolls? And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will simply respond to him and say, "Inna you will not be treated unjustly." And so the scrolls will be placed on one side of the mizan, on one side of the balance, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will place the card that says, "Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa anna abduhu wa on the other side. And the Prophet sallallahu said that the card, that the, the side of the scale that has the card in it, will sink down and it will send all of those scrolls flying, okay? It will send all of those scrolls flying. In another hadith, the Prophet said from Abu Dharr also an authentic hadith, so the previous hadith is authentic, and uh, this is another sahih hadith. The Prophet said, I know the last of the people of the fire to depart from the fire, and the last of the people of Jannah to enter into Jannah. So this is a person that's done a lot of bad stuff, right? So this is the worst of this Ummah. The Prophet said, a man will be brought forth and he will he will, uh, say, um, ask about his small sins and hide his large sins, ask about his small sins and hide his large sins. So it will be said to him, did you do this and that on such a day? Did you do this and that on such a day? Did you do this and that? Did you do this and that? And so r- realize this is a man that's committed kabar. He's committed major sins, but Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says, only ask him about the minor sins. Let's let's put the major sins to the side for now, and let's just ask him about the sagar, about the minor sins. So he's about each one of those minor sins. Did you did you do this? Did you do that? And he will say yes, and Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala will say to him, for each of your sayyat, for each one of your sins, is a reward, is a hasana. I'm changing sins into a good deed. So the man will say, Ya Rabb, laqad amiltu أشياء ما araha هنا. said, Oh Allah, but I, I did things and I don't see it here. <laughs> I did some of these deeds. I did some sins that I don't see here. So if you connect the narration To the previous narration, the man uh, says, I can't blame the angels. I can't say they were unfair with me. Every every one of these sins is mine. Uh, Nothing is missing. I don't really have much good to show for myself. And so now when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you know what? I'm going to turn all of these sins into hasanats, all of these sins into into good deeds. The man starts to complain and say, Ya Rabb, laqad amiltu ashya maa araha But there's some sins, O Allah, that I did that I don't see written here. And Abu Dar said that the Prophet وسلم, uh, حتى, uh, حتى نواجده, that the Prophet وسلم, laughed so hard when he narrated this hadith that you could see the back of his teeth. That the Prophet وسلم, smiled and laughed so widely at the mercy of Allah wa ta'ala, upon this man that you could see his back teeth, his molar teeth, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to witness that smile. Allahumma Amin. So this is for the major sinners of the ummah. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi said, shafa'ati, my intercession on the Day of Judgment is for the major sinners of my ummah. And SubhanAllah, what then of the person who abstains from major sins, right? What then of the person that is guilty illa lamam just for the minor sins the slip ups here and there and always turns back to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, right away right so like you know really perceiving the mercy of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or even trying to comprehend the mercy of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it, it, it's really uh, it, it's truly unmatched and it's unfathomable because we can't think of showing that type of mercy to anyone else and so when we hear of it the way that allah will show mercy Uh, to the the members of this ummah. And that shows you, by the way, the value of la ilaha illallah muhammadan rasulullah. That shows you the value of faith. Your brothers and sisters, never allow low faith to become no faith. Never allow. No matter how low you sink, do not forsake that card of la ilaha illallah Muhammad rasulullah. Right? That's the first card. That is the heaviest card on the Day of Judgment. Heavier than any one of your deeds. Heavier than your laylatul qadr. Heavier than your sadaqah. Heavier than your soul, heavier than, heavier than all of it, is La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. Don't forsake that card, no matter how low you get, even if you fall, and may Allah protect us all, into major sins. Do not forsake that card of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. So, this was the proof that Ibn Abbas and scholars mentioned that Allah would actually switch their sins. Now, that is on the day of judgment. If a person made tawbah, if a person repented to Allah... And by the way, I only quoted two authentic hadith. There are about nine of them uh, that I found uh, that that all speak to the same scene but give us different elements and different sites of the same scene. The point is is that that is one way of tabdeer al-sayyyat bil-hasanat. Allah switching out the sins for the good deeds. However, what happens when a person... um, Taba wa amana in the meaning of becoming muslim like what happens in effect at that moment for them Abu Sa'id al-Khudri ta'ala anhu he said al-'abdu islamuhu lahu kulla kana بِعَشْرَةِ أَمْثَالِهَا إِلَىٰ ضِعْفِ وَالْسَيِّئَةُ بِمِثْلِهَا إِلَّا أَنْ يَتَجَاوَزَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ عَنْهَا uh, So this hadith, which is an authentic hadith, the Prophet said that when a person becomes Muslim and their Islam is, is sound, Allah will decree reward for every good deed that they did before. In the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, every good deed that they did before becoming Muslim, Allah will preserve it. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will remove every sin that they committed before that moment. So Subhanallah, even though one of the uh, one of the uh, requirements for a good deed to be accepted is that it's done for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, when a person becomes Muslim, uh, Allah takes all of the good deeds that were done before, and it's as if they were done for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, because Allah will not let that good be erased. So that good is upgraded. Uh, to a good that would benefit them in the hereafter as if it was done for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well and every bad deed that they would have done would have been erased. And then the Prophet said after that it's it's the reckoning each good deed will be rewarded ten times up to seven hundred times and each bad deed will be rewarded as it is unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala عن, unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, forgives it all together. Okay? So this is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala once again. Uh, and there are so many beautiful incidents. Um, and you got to realize that most of the companions of the Prophet like had committed these major sins before becoming Muslim. And, uh, you know, as I said, some of them struggled with them even in their initial prohibition. And, you know, there's one hadith that I'll share with you that just shows you uh, the beauty of this. There was an old man... And this is an authentic narration, an old man with sunken eyes, Shaykhun Kabir. He's an old man and his eyes were sunken. And he came to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and look at how he described himself. He said, Ya Rasulullah, a man lived the life of betrayal and all sorts of immorality to the point that Ya Rasulullah, there was not a sin that exists that he did not commit. Like, I am a person that did every imaginable sin in the world. The sins that involve Yalvdim uh, Nafsa, the sins that involve a person with himself, and the sins that involve other people. There is not a single sin that he did not do. And he says to the Prophet, ﷺ, if you took his sins alone and you were to distribute them among the whole of mankind, they would all be doomed. Like, this one person has committed so much sin, that if you were to take all of his sins, and he's talking about himself, you were to take all of his sins, all of my sins, and put them, uh, uh, you know, distribute them across mankind, Wallahi lahalaku, they would all perish. And he says to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Is there any hope for this person? Is there any hope for this person? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he said to him, "Aslam, did you become Muslim? He said, as for me, he said, ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu. He said, yes, he said, as for me, ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasulu." The Prophet sallallahu said, Allah will forgive you for everything you have done before this, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will replace all of your evil deeds with good deeds. The man said, Ya Rasulullah, even all of the betrayal and all of all of the past deeds and all of the immorality, ya Rasulullah, all of it, all the fujur, all of that, all that I committed. The Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam, said, "Even your betrayal, your immoral deeds, your 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 your, uh, your lack of chastity, everything." So th- this old man started to cry, and he walked from away from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and he said, "La ilaha illallah, Allahu akbar. La ilaha illallah, Allahu akbar. La ilaha illallah, Allahu akbar." La So he just kept on repeating this old man kept on repeating this um, on his way down and some of the commentators say he died shortly after this subhanAllah so he didn't live long uh, you know after this he turned back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him for absolutely uh, everything and Allah's mercy uh, completely uh, blew him away. So what is what are the implications for us? The next ayah. But you really want to know what sincere repentance looks like? Whoever repents and does good deeds, then verily he is the one who returns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way Allah should be returned to. So the scholars uh, they they say about this a few things. Number one. When a person sincerely repents to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, maghfirah is there, the forgiveness is there. Allah forgives them for everything from the moment of their sincere repentance. Um, that is an unconditional forgiveness that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you don't just want your repentance to be a moment. You want it to be a new trajectory. You want it to be, you know, you want it to be a new page with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You want it to be a new commitment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, look, your forgiveness is there. Your amnesty is there. And think about, you know, the, how, how relieving that was for those companions of the Prophet Allah, who committed all sorts of horrors before they repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But, but if you really want to make your repentance good, then replace your bad habits with good habits. Replace the time that you used to spend in doing evil with time that you now do good with. Umar ibn al-Khattab said, if you are in a place and you sinned against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, don't leave that very same place, except that you have done a good deed that could be put in its place. So that that place, that setting will testify for you on the day of judgment, not against you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, wa <laughs> salihan, and the scholars also say that one of the effects of this is that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not just afu, but Kareem won kareem. Right? there these are both authentic narrations by the way that in the last ten nights, Allahumma inna kaafu mun to hibul afwa fafu anni or Allahumma inna ka'afu كَرِيمٌ kareemun to hebul afwa fafu anni. Oh Allah, you are the most forgiving and the most generous. You love to forgive, so forgive me. They say that that's because his karam Allah subhanahu wa taala is karim. He's generous in that, you know, when connected to his repentance, uh, his forgiveness, his forgiveness is full and unconditional. His forgiveness is full and unconditional. That Allah subhanahu wa taala does not just uh, remove the sin, but Allah subhanahu wa taala uh, is so generous, karim, right? That it's unconditional, and that Allah subhanahu wa taala in his karam preserves your good replaces your sins with deeds on the Day of Judgment and is completely unconditional in His acceptance of your repentance. Allah says Someone might say, but that's not for me. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says He is the one that accepts the repentance of his servants, <السَّيِّيّات> And Allah overlooks all of their sins. And then a person in their mind might be saying, But, you know, I've done a lot. Uh, or is the effect of it gone? Am I really going to be completely forgiven? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَيَعْلَمُوا مَا تَفْعَلُونَ Allah knows what you do. Allah knows who you are. Allah knows who He created. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows our weaknesses. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows our efforts to overcome those weaknesses. And so what's the point to come to uh, in conclusion insha'Allah ta'ala? The mark of sincere tawbah is whether you have turned the page that Allah has erased or not. So if you're thinking about turning that page with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the page is already erased from your sin if you sought His forgiveness sincerely. But the mark of everlasting repentance is whether you're going to turn that erased page and now fill it with good deeds. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he said, wa atbir حَيْثُ مَا كُنْتُ وَأَتْبِعَ السَّيِّئَةَ الْحَسَنَةَ تَتَمْحُهَا وَخَالِقِ النَّاسَ بِخُلُقٍ حَسَنَ The Prophet ﷺ said, be mindful of Allah wherever you are and follow up a bad deed with a good deed. تَمْحُهَا It will wipe it out. It will be put in its place. وَخَالِقِ النَّاسَ بِخُلُقٍ حَسَنَ And treat the people with the best of character. Treat the people with good character. Uh, the scholars say that uh, this hadith, in brief, here as it relates to this, inshallah. Ta'ala, and then we'll conclude for the night. It kunt. If a person is mindful of Allah subhanahu wa taala wherever they are, then they would avoid the sins in totality, right? Mindful sinning, because you know there's a difference between the slip-ups and again mindful sinning. Taqwa, as the sahaba demonstrated for us, is that you walk through a bunch of thorny bushes and you hold yourself tight to make sure you don't get pricked. Now, inevitably, you're going to get pricked a few times. And what you do is you're going to, you know, you're going to hold yourself closer and heal and move forward, right? So you're not going to jump into the thorns. You're going to heal and move closer and move forward. So they say, taqwa is comprehensive. Taqwa is an attitude. Taqwa is not limited to one deed. Taqwa is an attitude. And a person should have taqwa with their worship, Taqwa, with their good deeds and sins. Taqwa, with the rights of people upon them. Taqwa, with their family. Taqwa. Taqwa is, is staying away from evil. Staying away from evil. So it's comprehensive, in that there's an element of taqwa in everything that you do. And then Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, وَأَتْبِعَ السَّيِّيَّةَ al تَمْحُهَا Follow up the sin with a good deed. So after you commit the sin, the inevitable sinning that you will, follow it up with a good deed instead. حسن, and treat the people with the best of character, that's also comprehensive. So taqwa is your comprehensive means of avoiding evil, mindful evil, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and with those that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has assigned rights to and Allah Azzawajal has assigned very specific rights, right? So being uh, you know in a comprehensive way, mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the end of this is to be mindful of the people around you, Okay. And in the middle of this, when you slip up, make sure you follow it up with good instead. So Ibad rahman are not people uh, that are sinless. No one gets to a point where they're sinless. Ibad rahman are not people that do not commit sins. But Ibad rahman are people that take their slip-ups and turn them into, uh, turn them into uh, new connections with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they take their sins and they convert them into good deeds. They take their distance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they develop resolve through what they felt with that distance to make up for it by drawing especially close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibad al-Rahman are not people that are incapable of sin. Ibad al-Rahman are people that specifically desire Allah's forgiveness and His pleasure. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a'foo'un, kareemun. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most forgiving and most generous we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allahumma innaka afuwan karimun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anna allahumma innaka afuwan karimun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anna allahumma innaka afuwan karimun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anna oh allah you are the most forgiving and the most generous you love to forgive so forgive each and every single one of us your brothers and sisters I ask you as i will every night in salat to please keep uh, myself my family and your du'a the Yaqeen team members and their families in your du'a, inshaAllah ta'ala. And please keep each other in your du'a. May Allah Azza wa azawajal reward you all, accept it from you all, and keep on striving for Laylatul Qadr bi'ithnillahi ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be amongst those who observe Ramadan in its totality and who observe Laylatul Qadr in its totality. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those that receive his complete forgiveness. Allahumma ameen. Jazakumullahu khayran. Sallam wa sallallahu wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. أهلاً أني وصاحبي اجمعين والسلام عليكم